love. Love is a sentiment in countless songs. And love, it's a key plot point in countless novels. But the love wrapped up in the name of God is something altogether different and something altogether greater. Well, welcome. This is the Bible Studies for Life adult podcast. This podcast is hosted each week by Chris Johnson and myself, Lynn Pryor. And we're in a study called A Name Like No Other. And today we're going to focus on the love that's expressed in God's name. We're, we're three weeks in um, to this study and we're closing in on Christmas. This should be a big day at most churches. There's high attendance. There'll probably be a lot of people in Bible study. Uh, and it's a great passage. So we hope that you have a great week uh, as you study God's word together. It's a delight for us to have Greg Pouncey with us. Uh, Greg That's is great. the pastor of First Baptist Church, Clinton, Mississippi. Greg wrote the shared commentary uh, for this series of lessons. Greg, it's great to have you with us. Greg, um, how long have you been writing for Lifeway? Since about 1995. So I've written quite a bit for a life way. I've, we've done several uh, podcasts together and I've enjoyed getting to know you personally, but I feel like I've known you for a long time because I've worked on a lot of Bible studies where you've written. So we're grateful for uh, this to be an extension of your ministry uh, through writing um, and helping with uh, churches around the nation to go deeper into God's word. It's always a joy to be able to write. I, I enjoy studying it makes me stronger in the pulpit it makes me stronger as a person and so what an opportunity and i thank you guys for it well for this study we're going to be doing a study together in psalm 103 this is the point of our study we can call upon the name of god because he loves us deeply now as we get into psalm 103 let's just uh, let's get the big picture greg give us a little bit of context of what we know about this psalm well, first off, we know that it's a Psalm of David, and while that may speak to the authorship of this particular chapter, we know that it expresses the heart of David. It was associated with him and his love for God. We know that he was a man after God's own heart, and so God uh, loved him, and he loved God, and he didn't just know about God. He had an intimate relationship with God, and so he began to express the reasons that he had for loving God and for God loving him. And, you know, if you study this passage, some of the same language is mentioned in Jeremiah and chapter 33, verse 11. Uh, some of the same language is spoken in terms of being a thank offering to God. And thank offerings are mentioned in Leviticus chapter 7. It was a time when the priest would uh, be with the worshiper and in the presence of the Lord, they would give thanks uh, to God. And so we know that as he gathered together this language, uh, he began to express the reasons that he had to be thankful to God for his love. And so that's kind of the context of what this passage is. Well, let's get into Psalm 103. David wrote, My soul, bless the Lord and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. My soul, bless the Lord and do not forget all his benefits. He forgives all your iniquity. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with faithful love and compassion. He satisfies you with good things. Your youth is renewed like the eagle. Now, gentlemen, let me just stop for a moment. There's one word that pops up here frequently, and it's the word bless. Uh, 
This is a word we use a lot in church context. And we talk about how God blesses us, and he certainly does bless us. But here, we're called to be the ones blessing God, blessing the Lord. So God blesses us, and then we turn around and bless him. So what exactly do we understand by the word bless? Well, the word bless in Hebrew is, is means to kneel or to pay homage to. Um, it's kind of like when you come into the presence of royalty, you know, your head should not be above the head of, of the king. And so it's to uh, give proper respect or proper honor to who God is. And so I think it, at here in the context of this worship, it was saying, give God what is due to his name because he is worthy of being blessed. That's a very good description. Thank you for that. And so then when you see the descriptions of it's, uh, I can almost see David with the little, little list here. He's creative. This is why these are the benefits. And I do not want to forget these benefits, the forgiveness, the healing, the redemption crowned with love, compassion. He satisfies. What I love about it is that it, all these are very active things that God does. And so people, sometimes I've had people ask me as a pastor, does God love me? And all you do is you stop and you look at the things that he has done for you. Love is first and foremost active. Uh, it's not just a, a noun or a concept. It's a verb. And in that sense, God does all of these things that you just mentioned. He And because of that, we see his love all around us. We're in a season right now of buying Christmas gifts, uh, shopping and shopping. And it's just, it's, it's just the nature of the, the time of year it is. So we're only this mindset of gifts. And for so many of us, we're going to get gifts on Christmas. And some of those gifts are going to be nice. And some of them, it's going to be, well, it's the thought that counts. <laughs> But with God here, he gives us what we truly need. I mean, there's no guesswork. He's not trying to think, what, you know, what does Greg, what does Chris want for, you know, he knows. And he even knows better than we know what we need. And these things we desperately need, forgiveness, healing, redemption. What a beautiful picture he paints here for us. It really is. And it reminds us of, of God's goodness. And it gets back to what uh, Greg started with, with the, if this is a list of all the things that we're thankful for, this is a pretty good list, uh, you know, to be able to say, oh man, look, God has forgiven me. God has redeemed me. He has uh, blessed me with his, his faithful love and compassion. Uh, he's given me good gifts. His, He's renewed me, renewed my strength. Um, these are all powerful benefits and reminders of how God loves us and cares for us. Um, it's appropriate in this season between Thanksgiving and Christmas to reflect um, on these benefits of, uh, that God graciously bestows on us. But it doesn't stop there. Let's, if we move down to verse 8, we're going to see some other things that God has extended to us. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. He's slow to anger and abounding in, abund in faithful love. He will not always accuse us or be angry forever. He has not dealt with us as our sins deserve or repaid us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, 
so great is his faithful love toward those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. And as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Jerry Phillips, who wrote the uh, personal study guide uh, for this study, um, makes the connection that these verses, 8 through 10, align with Exodus 34, 5 through 7. This is when uh, God has invited Moses up to the mountain to give him uh, the Ten Commandments. And uh, where Moses has said to God, um, let me see your glory. And, and um, God says, you, you, can't, you can't handle that. But I'm, if you'll come up, I'm going to put you in this place and I'm going to pass by you. And when what we know of that experience is that when God passed before Moses, he revealed his nature and his character. And these words are what we know about that experience. God is compassionate, gracious, slow to anger abounding in faithful love. God wanted Moses and us to know that these were his heart. This is his character. This is his nature. This is what he revealed to Moses and to us. Yeah, that's a really good commentary there on, uh, you know, how, where these ideas have come from. And I think another thing that I see in this passage is that, you know, in the first passage, it talked about how active God was, but sometimes God's love is shown to us in his restraint. It mentions that he withholds his anger from us. He does not accuse us. He does not repay us according to what our deeds are. And uh, sometimes it's not what God actively did that shows us his love. It's what God didn't do that showed us his love. And when we're at Christmas time, you have some people all ready for Christmas. Sun's shiny. They're ready to go. Very excited about the season. But there's a whole another segment that is having difficulty. They're they're coming to Christmas uh, wor- worrying about how they'll make ends meet or uh, kind of dreading the experience. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's, it's good to look and say, even if I don't see the things that God actively does in my life, can I not see the things that God has withheld or restrained from in my life? And those things are enough even to give God praise for his love. Well, I love the imagery that he paints here uh, with this, this idea as the heavens, uh, as high as the heavens are above the earth. Uh, that's how great his love is. Well, high are how you know, it's like the little kids says, how high is up? Well, you can't answer that. It's just, it's up there and we cannot give an answer to the extent of God's love because it's infinite. But the other imagery that goes with that is in the next verse about as far as the east is from the west, how far he's moved our transgressions. East and west never meet. So there's that other example of how far he has removed our transgressions. That's certainly something to be grateful for, uh, that all of us can be th- grateful for, is that God has taken our sins and he has thrown them east to west. He's dropped them in the bottom of the sea. He remembers them no more. And uh, certainly that's one of the greatest testimonies to his love for us, that it's not based on our performance. We come down to verse 17. We're going to see that in his love, also this idea that God, he never abandons us. He never abandons his people. 
From eternity to eternity, the Lord's faithful love is toward those who fear him, and his righteousness toward the grandchildren of those who keep his covenant, who remember to observe his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Now, I love this picture that the Lord is faithful, and it's from eternity to eternity. But let me ask you a question about this. He says his righteousness is toward the grandchildren of those who keep his covenant. What are, what are we exactly talking about here when he says about the grandchildren? Because there's other passages that talk about the, like, well, like the sins of the father will not be visited on the, the, the children. There's a sense that we are responsible each for our own walk with Christ. Yet there's a sense here that if I'm walking with Christ, that benefits my grandchildren. I think there's no question that our righteousness profoundly affects our children. And, uh, you know, we being the children of God, our children would be his grandchildren. It's the next generation uh, beyond those that he's speaking to in this passage. And they were tremendously best, blessed by the faithfulness uh, of those. And, and I think we could also say that our children are profoundly affected by our unrighteousness. Even though they're not held accountable for it personally, they are affected by it. And... You know, I look at grandchildren. I just spent a week with our hours in the mountains, and uh, I, I'm like, with my children, why are you getting on to them? You know, they haven't done anything wrong. Uh, they're grandchildren, you know? And, and I think about the goodwill I have toward my grandchildren, and it makes me uh, very appreciative of God looking at our generation, though we weren't in that original generation, and saying, these are my grandkids, and I love them. And so... You know, I think uh, to me that was a good picture of how of God's continued love for us. So I just was with my family and grandkids at the beach, and uh, so we had that kind of great experience as well. And uh, uh, I'm I'm aligning and identifying with everything that you're describing there, Greg. Thank you. <laughs> but we get this picture here of the psalmist from David walking in in that relationship with the Lord who has that faithful love. God's the faithful love toward those who fear him. And we certainly see David is a man who feared the Lord, who who had a heart. Uh, he was a man after God's own heart. And so now this principle that his righteousness, uh, it does impact his children. That uh, although they have to, they have to on their own still have to embrace God as their uh, the one they choose to follow. They are blessed because of his their father grandfather's righteousness. Yeah, there's no question about it. That um, you know, through even through Solomon, and you walk through some of the kings that were good, uh, Asa and others, uh, you see that some of his children walked in his ways, but you also see some of his erring ways. Uh, David struggled some with his family life. Uh, he struggled in his own home, and we saw we see some evidences of that, too, that uh, he profoundly affected his fam family with his shortcomings, and I think that's a reminder to us that uh, God still loved his family. God still kept his covenant with his family uh, in his good and in his Airings, uh, God was faithful to His covenant, and that's that's a wonderful thing. And I would dare say that these words were they written when he was a young man, uh, 
I think would have a deeper, richer meaning for him now that he is older. He's a king. He's been through so much more. Yet to still see, number one, the Lord is faithful to him. But to see the depth of that in different ways, that even when he sinned, even when he faltered, God's love was there. God never abandoned him. I think that's something we ought to talk about some of our groups as, as well as how does your understanding of God's love, how is that changed over time? That's a good, that's a good question. Another yeah. question that we encourage our groups to, to discuss is what are some specific ways that you've experienced God's faithful love? So it, th- there are different ways to get at that same Um, issue by asking some questions and having some conversations about uh, things that uh, some how we have experienced the benefits of God's grace and mercy and his faithful love to us and not only personally but how do we do that in our families Uh, you know in the if this is family context then how how have we experienced his faithfulness and his love in our own families and how has that changed our families and especially as we move toward Christmas, when there's going to be these gatherings of, of family and loved ones, uh, hopefully uh, some of what we are talking about and experiencing will be things that we will have conversations about uh, with our family members this holiday season. We can call upon the name of God because he loves us deeply. Let's embrace that truth. Let's live it out and let's share it with others as we're with family in the, in the weeks to come. Uh, Greg, thank you for being a part of our conversation today. I appreciate the opportunity. And Chris, it's always good to be with you in a podcast. And for all of you, as you're uh, meeting with your groups and, and uh, dialoguing about this, help each other just to come to a fresh appreciation, uh, a fresh place of worship because of the God who loves us deeply. And we hope you all have a great Bible study this week, and we look forward to being with you at our next podcast.